What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Katie Clementi. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay, I should have asked that before we hopped on air. Um, Katie, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. So for the listeners you might not know, can you just give us a quick background on who you are and what you're up to? Yes. So I am Katie Clemente. Um, I've been training, working in fitness for, I don't even know, almost like seven years now, ever since I graduated high school through school. Um, worked at supplement stores, gyms, managed gyms, personal trained. Um, and that's kind of what led me where I am. So I started personal training in person loved it. Um, and then I was like, you know what, this is so cool. Like, what should I do? What else can I do with it? And then eventually I was like, I should prep for a competition like duh. Um, so I prepped for a show I've competed, um, a handful of times in figure shows, won a few trophies, but I mean, whatever, um, a few overalls, Alex is my coach. So that's kind of, he's been a mentor throughout the whole entire process. Um, let's see. I'm an online coach now. So I've made the transition from in-person personal training and now I am fully online for the last few years, which has been fantastic. Um, I recently had a daughter. She is 11 months old and I'm 11 months postpartum. So that has led me through a huge transition within my fitness journey, kind of almost like re-identifying with what my true goals are, what I actually want to do rather than being someone who was so strict competing and now I'm a mom and things are just different. So it's been, it's been nice. And then being able to kind of use my journey to educate clients as I go. That's, that is awesome. And I imagine that the change from going from like four years before competing, as I said, like doing very well competing to like having a daughter now and like the impact that's had on your lifestyle, I'm sure is probably occasionally hard to kind of figure oh, yeah. out. Do you feel like your identity as a whole has changed quite a bit with that? Oh, 100%. Um, definitely, everyone speaks on how hard postpartum is, which that's no joke. But just truly the identity shift that happens is just insane. Because obviously, you have this child now that you're responsible mm -hmm. for, and you love with your whole heart that like, the same things just don't really matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, the concept of prepping for a show is nowhere in my future just because I want to do other things to make sure I can show up for her. Um, and then finding how I can still do the things I enjoy with fitness, like working out and eating healthy and things like that without taking it to that extreme, um, without being a competitor, um, has definitely been a big mind shift. Okay. Absolutely. I imagine that a lot of that is kind of like trying to find the balance something and i'm sure you can speak to this as well i know like a lot of times with moms that we work with like one of the most common things we'll hear is like hey i have just put myself the back for so long i haven't made myself a priority for like years and years since i've had kids and it sounds like basically with where you're coming from is like of course your child is still a priority but also like still being able to kind of push yourself and your own needs to the forefront as well is that is that pretty accurate oh yeah it's 100 percent accurate because it's like you have to take care of yourself before you can give your all to everyone else. And that's what being a mom has been like kind of so hard to accept because if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm in good shape, eating healthy in a good mental space. I can't be in a good mental space to make sure my daughter is fully provided for. I'm giving her the love and attention she needs if I'm not taking care of myself. So that's been a good topic of discussion for a lot of clients um, and through my experience as well. <laughs> 
I love that. And that's a big part of why I'm so stoked that we're doing this episode because again, I know that's something we talk about with clients a lot as well. And I really like, I do want to make this center around teaching them how to optimize their health and achieve body composition goals postpartum. But again, like I think this will be a good kind of primer to teach how you can actually go about that. Like actually the life has changed so much. So would you say it's safe to say, like when we talk about for you first and foremost, why this is something you're so passionate about, was this something that was like a passion of yours, like postpartum, the postpartum period specifically, was that like a passion like helping women in that regard before you had your daughter or was that like a relative thing? So I would say it wasn't as strong as a passion um, mm-hmm. because I knew I was familiar with, I should say, working with moms on my roster. I understand where they're coming from. I'm not oblivious to the fact that like if you have four kids, sometimes your day is not going to go as planned. So I already was very much interested in kind of figuring out how to relate to them more. Um, But definitely throughout my postpartum journey and just being pregnant, going through fitness while pregnant and training and things like that, it definitely just increased the passion that I have for it. And just seeing just the way the healthcare field is set up and things like that for postpartum care. I've just been like, you know what, I really got to like dial in on this and make sure my clients are getting all that they can get at least from me because either there aren't enough resources or the resources that are out there are just, there's just so much going on. Um, So being able to really like dive in with these moms has been amazing to see because they'll be like, Oh, I had no idea about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, well, this is why I'm here. And I hope, I wish you did, but I'm glad you know now. Absolutely. I think like, at least from what I've seen, there's just very little structure or like very little, little education as far as like how to come back from having a child and do it in a healthy manner and eventually like get back to like feeling like yourself again. Oh yeah. There's just, yeah. So much lack of education. I mean, even from the physicians, when you go, um, like you go in for your six week appointment, six or eight weeks, depending on how your labor went and they'll look at you. They'll ask you a few questions. If you had a C-section, they'll check your incision. Um, they'll make sure like if you had stitches, whatever, like you're healed, you're not bleeding and they'll be like, okay, like you're cleared for exercise. And in most cases, like that's it. That's all that woman has heard. She's like, all right, here I go. And she'll just, in some cases, just go back to the gym try to run again or like start jumping on boxes start running sprints and those are just things that you do not want to do so soon um but I've seen it so much unfortunately and then you have to kind of work through that and it's just yeah <laughs> unfortunate kind of terrifying so again I'm glad to be able to clear some of that up with this conversation so kick things off are there a few most common mistakes you see women make postpartum when it comes to training nutrition and or just mindset as a whole Yes. So like I kind of briefly touched on, the most common mistakes will just be hopping right back into things as they did either pre-pregnancy or in some cases, if they trained throughout their whole pregnancy, they may have had like a great experience. Nothing really changed too much. Um, So they're just like, oh, I'm good. And they just go back into it. Um, But the thing of it is your pelvic floor just carried a child for nine months and your pelvic floor is going to be very weak. You need to kind of rehab that, make sure you strengthen that back up. Um, You could be having some incontinence, so you could be urinating at times you don't want to be. And that's something that like a lot of women think is normal. Um, So they just go about their workouts like, Oh, I peed my pants. Like, no, that's not okay. Um, We need, we need to work on that. We'll do some things for that. Um, and that's just the biggest and most common thing that I see. Um, and another thing is be getting into a caloric deficit too soon, which I 
we'll speak on in a little bit, but you definitely want to just make sure you give yourself time to heal. Like this is a full blown dinner plate sized wound inside of your uterus that you are healing no matter what the circumstance. And it takes more than six weeks to do so. And you should not be limiting your calories at all when you're trying to recover from that. Um, The last thing is definitely just giving themselves time to adjust to the life shift. So we briefly spoke on how things change just mentally in your life too. And obviously everyone's priorities are different. And thankfully I was just in a position to where I did not worry too much about fitness. The first almost two months, three months, my daughter was born because I mentally knew that I was going through a huge identity shift and I needed to kind of learn how to accept that and move forward with that before I could even focus on my physique. Um, So those are just the three biggest things that I always try to keep clients motivated for because at the end of the day, like we said, if your mental health isn't a good spot, you're not going to be in a good spot to take care of your child or just perform anything in the way you want to perform. I love that. So it sounds like as a whole, kind of just trying to get back to how you're doing everything, even potentially like before you're pregnant, or as you said, like if you exercise well during the pregnancy, and just trying to like get back into that too quickly. I really like that's a very good way to kind of frame it where you have this dinner plate size wound in the uterus, right? And we don't want to try to just like, especially or very much from not especially, but very much from a nutrient or nutrition perspective as well, like we don't want to be overly restricted with calories there. So like when we're digging into the nutrition side of things, um, are there a few main priorities or encouraging women to focus on these first few months of postpartum? Yes. So the biggest thing nutrition-wise that I always recommend everyone focus on, obviously, I mean, water is not really like nutrition, but water, 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 hydrate, especially if you're breastfeeding. Um, Obviously not everyone will be, and that is okay. But if you are, water is your best friend. Um, Protein intake with anything, protein helps you recover. So what are we recovering from? We're recovering from labor, that dinner plate size wound in your uterus that held a placenta in a child. We need to recover. And then of course, most common thing also will be just high quality foods. So fruits, vegetables, nutrient dense foods. Um, those are just the biggest things that I express to women. Um, obviously calories overall need to stay at least around a maintenance and that's just something kind of different for everyone, but no restricting high nutrient dense foods, protein and water are like my biggest markers here for clients. Um, if that means you want to track great. If you don't want to track, we don't have to. Um, but just those first couple months, I'm like, just please focus on our food blog. Show me that you're getting in what you need to get in, focus on healing and we'll kind of make the tweaks that we need to make as we progress through it. Okay. So it sounds like definitely like from a calorie day perspective or for sure maintenance or even potentially in a slight surplus do you lean more towards like hey maybe a slight surplus versus maintenance like kind of what's the deciding factor there so the deciding factor will first off be breastfeeding so if you're breastfeeding you obviously well it's not obvious to everyone so i should not say that but you need at least 400 extra calories lots of water like that's just the minimum essentially so for every ounce of breast milk that you produce you'll want 20 calories for that ounce um and your body is just literally Pulling ass, if I'm allowed to say that all day to <laughs> produce breast, okay to produce breast milk. So that's why women claim that oh, just breastfeed, you'll lose X, Y, and Z, which isn't always the case. But for some women, it is because your body is burning so many calories producing milk 
to feed your child. So making sure you're eating enough for that. I always at least recommend a surplus if they're breastfeeding and we Mm -hmm. can, like I said, make adjustments from there, make sure milk supply doesn't dip or anything like that. Um, But if you're not breastfeeding, I say, let's start at maintenance because their maintenance now could be different from their maintenance beforehand. Like your activity level is going to be different. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. you're burning less calories. Maybe you're burning more calories. Like everything is going to be different postpartum, whether you train during your pregnancy or not. I know personally for me, I trained up until two days. I went into give labor, give labor, went into labor. Um, But my maintenance after was a little bit lower, even with breastfeeding, because I wasn't getting 10,000 steps a day anymore. When I was at home with a newborn, I had a C-section. So I was literally in bed rest for two weeks. Um, I was breastfeeding. So I felt like I was on bed rest for even longer. (laughs) So my caloric output was not the same at all. Um, So there's a lot of different factors, but I always at least recommend maintenance or a surplus first. Okay. So kind of off topic here, but if it is like, um, okay, you're breastfeeding, let's say you feel fine, but you do see weight turning down. Is that a red flag where like, Hey, let's go ahead and increase calories anyways, or is that kind of just based off by So it's going to be an it depends sort of thing. So if you're seeing the scale downtrend, um, it could be a few things depending on how early postpartum you are. So you're still going to be losing a shit ton of water in those first four to six weeks. Um, Swelling will go down depending on if you were induced, if you were given any medication, Um, just depending on the whole labor process, they could have pumped you with fluids. Um, So it just is an it depends thing. But generally, if your milk supply is staying where it should, and you see the, the scale downtrend, that's a sign that, okay, we are in a good spot. You are eating enough. But if the scale is downtrending and milk supply is also downtrending, then that's a huge red flag and we need to up your calories. Okay, absolutely. So I know you also mentioned like kissing nutrient-dense foods. Are there specific nutrients that you really put a focus on or is it more like, hey, let's try to eat plenty of whole foods? So a little bit of both. You definitely want to focus on iron um, and then just like omega fatty acids. So I personally love to eat like salmon during pregnancy and postpartum um, just for overall health functions. It's one of the best things you can do. And iron just because your blood level is a little, your blood volume level is changing. Um, And depending on once again, if you lost blood during XYZ during labor and things will just be still out of whack, unfortunately. Um, so making sure that you continue a prenatal, I guess, um, is a safe best, but making sure that there's iron in that, um, as well as like having a good supplemental fish oil with a D3 as well, just from an absorption perspective is why you want the D3. But those are the two biggest. And I'm like, just make sure we're hammering it on those. Okay, absolutely. And then you kind of touched on the supplement piece there as well. And you mentioned like probably safe bet to continue your prenatal and make sure it contains iron and then like uh, some type of fish oil supplement. Is there anything else as far as supplements that you typically recommend? Um, so those are just my biggest two, but you can also do like a protein powder, um, whatever protein you love to use have at it. Um, It comes with a convenient sort of thing too. Obviously, I don't want clients just downing protein shakes. I want you to get that like chicken, fish, whatever. But I understand that your life is different now. Convenience is key. So if that means you need to have like a protein shake randomly throughout the day and maybe like a half a scoop added in your oatmeal, whatever it may be, have at it. Um, But that's 
relatively like it for postpartum for sure, especially if you're breastfeeding, things are still limited. Um, you can have caffeine, but that's still limited as well, especially if you're breastfeeding. You want to keep that to around 200 milligrams or so, just like the same as you did throughout pregnancy. Um, but those are just the big guidelines of yeses and nos that I always recommend. Okay, absolutely. So then to dig into training, are there a few main priorities you're encouraging women to focus on the first few months postpartum here? So let's see. So when it comes to training in general, um, a few things that you definitely want to focus on is like I briefly mentioned earlier is your pelvic floor and just reconnecting with your core. So throughout pregnancy, as your belly expands, as your baby grows bigger, your abs are going to split. That's just part of it. Um, some people worse than others. Um, like I said, some people will have it very bad. Some people won't have it too bad. Um, your pelvic floor is going to be carrying a child for nine months. And right. if this is at the bottom of your abdomen, your trunk and your pelvic floor, your baby is right here. And so it's weighing down on you, especially if you're just not, what's the word I'm looking for, cognitive of that. Um, if you're not doing things throughout pregnancy to make sure that you can kind of Strengthen your pelvic floor, do some core exercises, some core breathing. Afterwards, you definitely want to do that. So that's where I kind of will ask the client, like, okay, what did it look like during pregnancy for you? Um, and that's kind of how you know how much rehabilitation we need to do. Also, when it comes to ab separation, if they have, let's say their, their abdomen is split down the middle, two to three finger lengths um, in width, that's pretty pretty legit. That's pretty, pretty a lot. Um, and then you go as in it also, you can kind of self-assess yourself and see how deep it is with your knuckles. So there's once again, depending factors on that, but we need to really work on closing up that gap before we throw you under a barbell, expect you to deadlift 200 pounds, anything like that. So things that you can do that way is like I mentioned is TVA breathing, um, really make sure that you're utilizing your diaphragm while you do that, really taking it slow, expanding the rib cage, um, and getting good at that is going to be the best way. Um, that's actually something you can do one, two weeks postpartum while you're laying in bed. Whether you have a C-section or not, just focus on breathing. Um, get in contact with your core a little bit better because that's going to be the weakest thing on you right now. Um, and that's kind of always where we start. Okay. Okay. Can you talk us through like the TVA breathing and like what exactly like you would coach someone through if it's like, hey, let's just focus on this. Like let's say you're more or less bedridden. Like what would that actually look like? Yeah, so it's kind of hard to obviously do like sitting down, but ideally what we focus on is you want to kind of have your shoulders straight, I guess you could say. Like you don't want to be chest breathing and coming up and down mm -hmm. the whole time. Obviously your upper body is going to move because you're taking a breath in, but essentially it's like a 360 breath. So think of it as if you had a rubber band around your rib cage, when you are breathing in and inhaling, you want, if this is your rib cage, you want your rib cage expanding, coming out between your back, your lats, the whole 360 degrees, and then coming back in. And while you're coming back in, you also want to think, well, not you in particularly, but you want to think that you are pulling a blueberry up through your pelvic floor. Um, and that's kind of the best okay. way to explain it. A lot of people are going to see like on Instagram or TikTok, whatever, pull your belly button to your spine. Like, no, that's not quite it. That's totally different. Um, but those are just a few quick tips that you can kind of see. Um, there's a lot of good resources I could probably 
give you and you could kind of put them wherever you want um, so that way people can have them. I'm working on a few things for PD right now to have this available as well. But that's the easiest way to kind of think of a good deep TVA breath is making sure the whole entire trunk is expanding, especially through your lats and your back. And that's kind of the hardest part to get. It took me a long time to understand, like, how do I get my ribs to expand even through my back? So that's one of the most important thing. Okay, absolutely. I'm like trying to practice this right now. And it? yeah, <laughs> um, it's hard. <laughs> the, the lats and back piece is a little bit tricky. Okay. So like, yeah. what are some detriments if we didn't focus on this? And mm-hmm. just like, let's say you did have like this massive separation of abs and it's right back, went right back to like, okay, I'm going to hop right back into some heavy barbell squats. Like, why would that be a problem? So, I mean, it's going to be a problem for one, your, I mean, your core is not strong, so you're not going to be as stable for one. You're not going to be as strong for two. And then also, let's say as you do start to lose weight, you will have doming. Um, it's called doming. So while mm-hmm. you are training and things like that, that can just create almost worse separation, I guess you could say. Um, and it's just going to make you less stable. And then as you have more children, if you are, and that separation hasn't fully healed, it can just get worse and worse throughout the years. Um, and that's unfortunately something that I have a couple clients on my roster right now. They've come to me, they've had two, three kids. They've been working with coaches before they know their TVA is has been weak, but they haven't been in a spot to really learn different exercises, different breathing techniques throughout their movements um, to help strengthen that TVA. So they almost have what's, I don't want to use like a bad term, but it almost looks like they're just bloated 24 seven um, because mm-hmm. their abdomen hasn't shut. So it's almost like stuck outwards. Right. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing. And a lot of women feel very uncomfortable with their postpartum body. And obviously it's just part of it, unfortunately, like gaining weight and losing weight. And you have this whole new body that you're uncomfortable in. And then if you add in the ab separation that you have not healed and that it stays there, um, it can be really, really hard mentally on them too. Okay, absolutely. So those first couple months, let's say like the first six to 12 weeks postpartum is that typically like from a excuse me from a training perspective is that typically like and of course like with the podcast all things are generalities right and it's important to understand none of this is a specific prescription just like things you generally see is that typically like first six to 12 weeks kind of like hey let's just focus on maybe like your tva breathing for example and making sure your core is in a good place and then maybe again like closer to three or four months out that's when we'll get into training or like what's that typically like so generally speaking, um, you can spend the first one to three weeks doing core movements, um, just lying core movements, lying on your side, breathing, things like that. Um, and when I say core movements, I say the lightest possible core movements. You're not doing planks. You're not doing crunches or anything like that. You're doing a couple like heel taps on the floor, um, things like that. Very, very light. And then eventually we can start like stretching, getting a little bit of mobility back. Um, in most cases you'll see women breastfeeding again, their posture kind of shifts because they're always like this, they're hunched over. So we really want to focus on, um, stretches as well as the core breathing and TVA. And then we can start taking walks and things like that. Um, a general recommendation for walks is going to be five minutes, a day to start. If you feel good, mm-hmm. no issue, no soreness. I know for me personally, of course, me being me, I knew like, okay, do this, this, and this, but I was also like, but I'm fine. Like, I'm going to go for a walk. And I was so sore 
that I was like, you're an idiot. Like, why did you do that? Like, you should have waited. And I was like, yeah, I should have. So don't be like me. Um, but that was still like seven weeks postpartum where I was sort of like taking 10 minutes walk. So once again, everyone's situation is different depending on the delivery and things like that. Um, so like I said, you can kind of stagger it though. So you'll start with core for first three weeks, maybe walk stretching and core from there. You're about six weeks postpartum, probably cleared to exercise from your physician. Um, but you don't want to jump right into barbells because your core is still recovering. So that's when I recommend body weight movements. Um, maybe wall sits, body weight squats, chair squats, um, tricep dips on the chair or off the couch or whatever it may be just body weight movements because you have this whole new body. Your hips may be wider. Your pelvis could still be sore. Um, your center of gravity is still shifting. Like you're getting used to not having an extra 30 pound belly on you again. Um, so body weight movements will be good. And from there, I normally incorporate like banded movements with dumbbells. See how that goes for about three weeks. And then around the 12 week mark, um, once again, give or take very generalized here. Um, we reassess movements and see how a barbell feels with just a plain barbell. Um, like I said, though, very, very general. Um, that's not a strict timeline for everyone. Everyone is different. I just want to keep reiterating that, yeah. but that's what it can look like. Okay. That's, you did such a good job laying out a timeline. Okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> And it is crazy to think about too. This is kind of just a different tangent. So like last summer I did a, I went through a fat loss phase and throughout it, I was replacing the weight I lost with the weighted vest and like trying yeah. to wear that for six to eight hours a day. Oh my God. Um, and I only got up to like 20 pounds and, but it was like, I was like using my standing desk. It was, it was very interesting to basically see like if we would see a difference in metabolic adaptation. Right. But I was thinking about that. Like, after six hours, I was like, fuck this vest. Like the first, <laughs> the first, the first two days I did it, it was just the worst, but I had like put it out there. Hey, I'm going to do this for my entire fat loss phase. So I had to follow through. And by the end of it, I was like, so glad to just be done with that vest. Over it. I can't, I can't imagine. And I was thinking like, I can't imagine what it would be like to like actually have a kid, right? Where you, this oh, yeah. is here 24 seven and it's. You're getting fucking karate chopped in the ribs. Like. It's <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like evenly displaced like in a weight vest it's it's just it has to be a crazy experience um, yep. <laughs> but anyways okay so to keep this moving along yeah how soon would you and again speaking very generally how soon or like what are the signs we're looking for that it you probably are okay to start focusing on fat loss postpartum okay um so once again like you said very very general here depending on X, Y, and Z, did you have a C-section? Are you breastfeeding? All that kinds of stuff. Um, it's safe to say if you're not breastfeeding to start a fat loss phase, potentially like a three-ish months is kind of safe. Um, that is, like I said, you're not breastfeeding. Um, you have taken the time to properly heal from everything. Your core is feeling up better i don't say it's healed because it's not mm -hmm. going to be healed yet but it is mm -hmm. better and strength is increasing in your core um and you feel comfortable enough in your new role as a mom that you can kind of add on that additional stress to your plate where you're like okay i can meal prep now i can track my my food now um so yeah about three months is a safe bet um but like i said whole whole different factors can go into that <laughs> okay and then when we're getting that fat loss there are you typically leaning towards a more or a less aggressive approach less aggressive 100 percent um so 
getting to a good maintenance spot, depending on if you've been tracking for those first three months, maybe you've just been tracking calories and protein. Um, so if that's the case, I like to kind of, all right, we need to dial in now where our carbs are going to be, where our fats are going to be. Um, so that way we can make adjustments accordingly. Um, but depending, like I said, as consistent as you have been with portion sizes and things like that, very, very slow for sure, because like I keep saying, you are still healing. Um, it's been proven that you are not fully recovered from giving birth to almost two and a half years after you do so. Um, so a lot of women, they'll be like, one year postpartum, I finally feel like myself, which is probably true. Um, and once again, that's something that will be different for everyone, but your body and like your abs and your pelvis and your hips and things like that, in some cases do not heal fully for two and a half years to three years postpartum. Um, and there's one woman that I know kind of who kind of a tangent, but she's super mom. She's super fucking fit jacked like she has four boys she's pregnant with her fourth and she'll probably be like honored i'm gonna tell her to listen to this and she'll be like <laughs> here probably i hope she is but she's amazing but i shared this with her once and she said yeah that sounds about right like i always get fully healed best fucking shape of my life and then i get baby fever again and all her kids are about two to three years apart and i was like <laughs> that's it it's gotta be true so that's a general why we go so slow in a fat loss phase. Um, at the end of the day, though, a lot of women are understanding of that, even though they want to like bounce back, quote unquote, which I absolutely hate that term, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, they're generally like, okay, you're right. Like, let's take this slow. They realize that they can't be in a huge deficit and also deal with this new baby and also love their spouse and work. So to wrap it up, very, very less, very, very slow. <laughs> Absolutely. That is that two and a half years. That's a crazy timeline because I, I, that's not, that's not something I was familiar with. That's interesting. So do you typically see like a pretty big recomposition effect? Like once again, like once we're in this like three to six month time frame, do you typically see a pretty big recomposition effect? Yes. Um, so in most cases, not most cases, I should say. Um, in a lot of cases, you will see women, obviously, who have trained during their pregnancy. They may not have lost a ton of muscle, a ton of strength, because they were able to train up until they went in to um, give birth. But they probably lost some muscle tissue. They probably lost some strength. Um, and the biggest recomp that we'll see is as you do kind of just lose weight, quote unquote, it's not all going to be fat because right. your postpartum, your training is different. Your training volume is different. Um, you're just not lifting the same loads as you were either prior to pregnancy or even during your pregnancy. I'll use myself as an example. So with competing for however long, being so physique focused, strength focused on my training, I used to be pretty jacked. Like I had mm -hmm. pretty, pretty like jacked shoulders, whatever. And now I kind of look at myself like, okay, like I'm still in okay shape, but I definitely don't have the muscle tissue that I have. And I essentially have a brand new body that Looking at it pre-pregnancy, I probably would be unhappy with, I guess you could say. Um, but just seeing how my body has changed, even with the fat that I have lost and accepting the muscle tissue that I have lost too, um, but still being able to function in a healthy way has made it kind of a little bit better to accept that body recomposition. Um, because taking things slow postpartum, it's going to be hard to really just 
snap your fingers and gain all your muscle tissue back, especially if that's not your priority anymore. Like spending an hour and a half in the gym in this kick-ass hypertrophy phase isn't realistic sometimes. So that's kind of something that I always focus on with clients too. Like we can get that muscle back, um, but it's going to take time. Okay. Let me ask you again, kind of off topic, but with that like two and a half year time frame we have laid out. So for like a woman that feels great, let's say like is a year to a year and a half out postpartum, of course, like not breastfeeding any longer. Right. Is there any problem with like, Hey, I'm going to try to get shredded again. Do you see any no. issue with that? Okay. No, not at all. Especially if she feels like she's mentally in a good spot, everything's dialed in. I have some clients on my roster right now who literally postpartum, they were back to tracking ASAP. Obviously we weren't in a deficit or anything, but they were mm-hmm. back to prioritizing that aspect of their life so fast and i give them props because like i said before i was not in the mental headspace to do that um but they have seen crazy body recomposition shifts and they're able to prioritize their training they're able to spend x y and z amount of time per week like on their own and doing that so it is possible um and the women i'm speaking on are at least like one one and a half years postpartum so it is Mm -hmm. possible if you have x y and z nailed down ready to go for sure Okay. Okay. Absolutely. There's something I was interested in your take on with like that yeah. longer timeline, but it doesn't sound like there's like, if again, like based on biofeedback and you're feeling good as a whole and you've recovered well, like there's any necessarily like health detriments to that. Right. Yeah. So just as long as <laughs> like you said, very individualized, as long as biofeedback is good, blood work is good, things like that. We're not having any like incontinence still or anything like that. Um, let's fucking go for it. Like that's fine. <laughs> Love it. Okay, cool. Um, so from there, taking back to training just a bit, I know we've already touched on like the weekend core and kind of how to address that and kind of like your timeline, typically like what those first three months look like past that. Are there like any major changes or like any typically does training look quite a bit different, even within like that first, like, let's say that like three months to a year out time frame? does training typically still look quite a bit different or what's that like? it's it depends again um so training volume is going to start lower like i briefly touched on you're not if you were doing i don't know five sets of whatever um before you gave birth you're probably not doing that right now um we'll start with a minimal training volume something you can recover from um and then slowly increase from that so in that aspect it will look different obviously until we work that training capacity back up um and then a few other things obviously the barbell movements are not going to be right away. Um, I'm not going to be training. I'm not going to be giving someone a neurological phase like before I feel like I've seen video anyways of them really performing movements and getting good exercise execution. I'm not going to throw them into a kick-ass neurological phase expecting them to kind of hit PRs every session. Um, but as, like, it's just weird because it, it can be the same. I guess you could just look at it as going slower, making sure we do all that boring TVA core rehabilitation first. Um, and depending on how long that takes is depending on how long you're going to get into your quote unquote regular training again. Okay, absolutely. So I know at physique development, pretty similar to how we program y'all move clients through neurological phases, hypertrophy phases, metabolic phases. Um, is there a specific stimuli you like to spend more time in the first three to six months postpartum? 
Yes. So neurological will be strength. Hypertrophy is going to be more so focused on putting on lean muscle tissue. Um, and then metabolic phases is going to be more so just like getting your metabolic capacity up, metabolic conditioning, um, blood flow, things like that. So it's going to be really good from a recovery perspective if you're coming back from an injury. So this is also a training phase where you can go a little bit lighter in and still get the stimuli that we're looking for, which is why I generally choose that one first. Um, so this can also be something that's easily to do at home because you don't need a lot of load for it. Um, and you can really focus on the execution as well through this. So this is going to be something to where you could use, like, let's say you're finally able to use a dumbbell postpartum and you can do five to 10 pound lateral raises at home. So we can all right, crank those out, little rest time in between, get some good blood flow, make sure we're recovering, really test our training volume in this sense. Um, like I said, though, it's always gonna be lower volume at first as we kind of mm -hmm. progress through stimuli, but metabolic phase will always be, not always, but generally speaking, will be the first one. Um, and then kind of give or take, depending on biofeedback, will kind of be the de deciding factor of if we go hyper or neuro, or we could use a neuro phase, like you probably know, as a deload. So let's say the metabolic phase went well, but they're also just like very sore and they need to work on recovery. I'm like, okay, so we kicked ass with your new training. Let's kind of take a little bit of a deload, still train, still focus on getting movement and things like that. And then we'll kind of reassess from there. If that makes okay. sense. Okay. Yeah, very no. Okay. Very vague kind of explanation, but. <laughs> no, that, that made complete sense. And as far as approaching okay. it from a metabolic perspective first, I think you made that super clear. So last question I wanted to dig into then, and I, you've already kind of touched on this, but I think it's worth yeah. reiterating. So from a nutrition periodization perspective, is there like a most common path your clients would typically follow postpartum? For, so for example, like two months maintenance, two months building, Yes. So that's like kind of exactly how you just laid it out is kind of how I like to look at it. So maintenance or surplus, depending on the circumstance, like we previously discussed. So surplus, if you are breastfeeding for sure, maintenance, if you are just recovering or maybe a slight surplus, nothing crazy. Um, or if you're really looking and you're not worried about fat loss at all, because you're the type of person that knows like this will come off eventually. I'd rather just focus on building muscle as soon as I can, then obviously we will stay in a surplus. Um, but in most cases, moms are just like, I just want to lose this extra fat. I feel gross. So we will start in a maintenance, hang out there for a little bit. Um, but in most cases, that maintenance is going to take them through a very good body recomp phase um, to where we don't essentially need a fat loss phase because they are making improvements to their body composition. Um, because like we kind of touched on earlier, everything is going to be different now. Their maintenance is probably different. Their caloric expenditure is probably different. Different. So things are just going to happen differently. Um, but yeah, a good solid maintenance, I would say for about three months, um, and then kind of reassessing biofeedback within their check-ins from there to kind of really choose, have that discussion with them like, hey, what are you really looking to do now? where should we go? Because I, that's something I have to focus on with them too, is like, we're a team. Like I'm your coach. Um, I will give you what you need to know. I will teach you. I will lead you and I will guide you in the direct, right direction. But I also want your feedback. If you feel like you're not ready for a fat loss phase, let me know. Like we don't have right. to, or let's say you're just dying to get in one. Can they communicate that to me? I'll be like, okay, well, X, Y, Z needs to happen first. Or I'll be like, this is kind of the training we're thinking because of X, Y, Z 
what is your life looking like right now? Do you have that kind of time to really like nail in and dial in on this training? So that's something that I always keep in the forefront too, when you're working with not only moms, but everyone, but particularly moms, like this is our long-term goal. We're going to be doing X, Y, Z for a couple months because of X, Y, Z and kind of go from there. Okay. That makes complete sense. And that's super helpful. And I agree. Like, I feel like that's pretty similar to like anyone I work with postpartum and like the other coaches who want to teach and coach Andrew and coach Julie as moms themselves, like it's a larger passion of theirs and they work with a lot more moms, but I do, I, the, I, the amount of recomp that typically you can see within that first like six to eight months is a pretty cool thing also. Oh, it's so cool. And it's just mind blowing to see like, what our bodies can do as cliche as that sounds like it is insane obviously the human body is so cool no matter what but particularly the female (laughs) body is just pretty fucking cool so yeah you're right you can just see so many changes no matter what um it's just fine-tuning things based off of that woman's particular goal I love it. I, this is all so applicable and I think you did such a good job like applying the nuance and the context to all these timelines laid out as well. Um, before I let you go here, will you just tell everyone where they can find you and anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, kclementi4, um, the physique development Instagram. You'll see me there, the physique development website. So that's just physiquedevelopment.com. And those are just my main little plugs. Um, but yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram, post a lot of mom related stuff, um, but also general health related stuff too. And then also if you're ever down to see some cute dogs or a cute baby, (laughs) that's on my Instagram too. Um, but yeah, so you can find me there. Perfect. I will link all that up in the show notes. And again, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course.